Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the TalkZone.com. Two guys and a Mike Big Dog and a coach reunited once again. I think we got the dog back after uh, being, uh, well, really not under the weather, just the vocal cords needed a little bit of a rest yesterday. We got him back. Football Friday coming up uh, this Friday, our first official football weekend of the season. Very excited about that. Baseball race is heating up. Uh, the White Sox right smack in the middle of it. We got some stories off the sports page as well out in Tampa, Florida with the Republican National Convention and... Hurricane Isaac. Hurricane Isaac is uh, heading to the shores as we speak. All right, a little bit of music, and then we will kick this particular Tuesday, August 27th edition of the Two Guys in a Mic show off and running. Yes, indeed. The music of the TalkZone.com. Inspirational, motivational, if not slightly constipational. I made up that word yesterday. We might continue with that one. Uh, speaking of constipational, let me welcome in my good partner, a man who on occasion can be backed up in more <laughs> in more ways than one. A man who needs no introduction. So that's what we'll give him, no introduction. Joe Radwanski, the big dog, joining us. Big dog, how are you? Coach, I eat, I eat a perfect diet. I haven't been backed up in years. Yeah, but you're a little high fiber, and that high yeah, that fiber that, can... That, uh, that means that I'm regular. That means that I don't get backed up. All right. Thank you very much for that description. We'll uh, we'll see if we can get a doctor on the show to confirm, confirm or deny it. That. Yes, if people are backed up and need more fiber, that's the problem. I thought fiber will back you up. No, it does the exact opposite. Interesting. Because you would think, as a layman, and if nothing else, Big Dog, you know that I am a layman. Proud to be. I'm, I'm going to start a website, www.layman.com, for all the other laymen out there. But for the average layman been, out it's there. Already, it's already been taken uh, by a, a girl who's a working girl. <laughs> Darn. All right. Well, I'll, I'll put a little initial to it or a dot or an exclamation mark. But to the average layman out there, fiber tends to bind things together without getting too descriptional here. You would think uh, that it would cause a slight package up at you. No, that's what uh, I don't want to get on this. Everybody, if you eat fiber, it causes blast ass. Okay? Right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you very much. We'll go. Uh, this is one case when I will be happy not to argue with you. It's, it's good you got the voice back, Big Bill. It sounds like you had a very eventful weekend for those that didn't tune into yesterday's 10-minute cameo from the Big Dog. You, um, sadly, tragically, had a brush with death over the weekend. Yeah, that was, and you know, and the, I've done all the I've done all the the timings in my head. Me going into the river would not have saved that guy's life. Mm-hmm. He was already dead by the time I got there. But you know, I wasn't sure I had to make that decision. I'm not sure if he was dead, but you know that that was it was pretty sad. You know, I, what I don't understand is I talked to the the owner of our company, and uh, when we had an incident on July 1st where 60 mile an hour winds hit our kayak tour and uh, yep. and seven kayaks flipped over. The, the story in the newspaper was, wave riders totally negligent as 62 people need to be rescued by the police and fire department. 
when basically what happened was we were a uh, hundred feet away from getting back. Mm-hmm. Twelve people of the sixty-two people went in, and we rescued them, not the police yep. or fire department. Yep. And then, okay, do you know, do you know what I'm saying? And then, and then after investigation by the police, and when we go to court, the, the police give three of my uh, employees accommodations, and they also dismissed all charges and paid, mm-hmm. paid no fines, got no sightings, nothing. But in the day after in the newspaper, if people like you and the newspaper are like, oh, you're wrong, you, how would you do all that? And then uh, when we find out nothing happened, we get nothing in the paper. Now, I'm not saying something should be named by the the, the, the company where it happened at, but the, the, the stories in the newspaper on Saturday morning went basically like this. Mm-hmm. At 950 North Kingsbury, a boater fell into the water and died this morning. Yeah. And that's all the story said. I'm like, really? Who's more negligent? Us ripping people out of the water, saving people when the National Weather Service is off by 40 minutes when they told us to get back. Mm-hmm. Or somebody who lets somebody get wasted on their boats and they don't have railings around their, their docks. You know, it's like so funny how things get, get blown out of proportion and other things. You get some guy that doesn't even give a crap. He writes a story and says, no, someone at 950 North Kingsbury died on Saturday morning. Yeah, oh, okay. you were you were incorrectly depicted, no question about it. And I think it's a lesson for all of us out there because the few times that we are directly involved with a news story, it's so often, as you point out, incorrectly depicted. Yeah. And sometimes it's intentional. A lot of times, Big Dog, it is unintentional. But I think it's a good lesson for all of us out there. We tend to take especially stuff in, in, in more um, solidified newspapers, i.e. here in Chicago, a Chicago Tribune, or some newscast as, you know, information, truth, verbatim. But often, and again, sometimes it's intentional. The actual story is not really the way it is uh, depicted. So it's a good lesson, yeah. I think, for all of us. Yeah, and don't forget the whole, like, Who's in the newspaper? It must be true. Uh, don't yep. forget the whole Pogoyevich deal with, hey, uh, we're going to write up the right things about you with yep. the Chicago Tribune. Let's not forget that this stuff still happens in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So when you're reading something on a politician, figure out who, why they're writing this about the politician. Maybe yep. somebody has paid them off. And if you don't believe me, it doesn't happen. But Bill McCormick was doing it with Mike McDonald way back in the 1880s in the city of Chicago, mm-hmm. and it's still happening today. By the way, speaking of Rob Blagojevich, I saw he put a Facebook, and I meant to ask David Olson, a Facebook posting wishing his beloved wife a happy anniversary. He's been in uh, prison now for five months. I, how does he get, is it just on special occasions you get Facebook privileges if you're in prison? He's in a white-collar prison, so, so I'm, they sure, can... I'm, sure he, I'm sure he has daily Internet access. Really? I'm sure he does. Yeah, but you know, Dave, that the, the computer that he has, the, the keyboard that he punches, has that little plastic covering on it. You know what I'm talking about. I, I do, yeah, just like just like in the AV lab at school. Uh huh. Let's let's just say uh, you don't the one that that guy Mickey is on the, the internet with. You don't want to go to his computer after he gets done coaching. <laughs> I was wondering where you're going with this, and sadly, yeah. unfortunately, I figured out exactly where you were going. I would actually, in this case, not knowing would have probably been a much much better thing. But uh, <laughs> well, that seems weird. If you're white collar crime, you can still work the computer and tweet out and Facebook out. That would be. Among other things, well, words coming to my mind, one, advantageous, two, potentially dangerous. Are they at least monitored? I'm sure they are. I'm sure they yeah, are. Yeah, that, yeah, that. Hey, uh, Facebook friends, uh, the code to my blah, blah, blah. When <laughs> really just they're trying to figure out how to get these people out of prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think Blagojevich is going to actually try to do a prison break, though. 
Now, he's still hoping to get out on some technicality, too, so we'll see about that. But uh, at any rate, uh, we said we're glad the voice is back, Big Doe. We're glad, you, you know, it was you survived the brush with death. Unfortunately, a uh, innocent citizen did not. Very, very sad. But uh, we're back at you here on a beautiful Tuesday. We invite any of our listeners to check in. Anything on the sports front you want to talk about, dog and the coach right here for you at 888 we got college football starting Thursday, big dog, few games, and then Saturday we're in full swing, and the NFL season just a week away. So um, the football fever, it's not you know over the top yet, but uh, the temperatures are rising, my friend. Temperatures are rising. So, well, what games are on Thursday? Is it Auburn versus Clemson? You know, i got to check that. I don't think so. Well, I'm sick of ESPN doing this every year. They always slap the small colleges in the face. And they're like, the college football season kicks off when Auburn takes on Clemson. Well, if there's other games before that, it doesn't kick the college football season off. Mm -hmm. Just because ESPN is finally showing one of the games, that's not when the season officially starts. It's a slap in the face. That's a slap in the face to uh, those hardworking, very talented Division Three, Division Two, or sometimes... And Division One. Yes. Maybe is like Troy taking on uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Who who, who is ESPN to say that the season kicks off when Mm -hmm. they decide decide to start showing football games. I wax. By the way, you don't want to watch the Clemson-Auburn game anyway. He's the best player on the football field is suspended for some reason. Sammy Watkins. Not playing in the void. I'll tell you what, suspensions in college football are becoming, unfortunately, a lead story because it is happening all... Notre Dame, I think, is down four players now. Can you imagine like the AD, like when he's signing up the deal for the 2018 season and like uh, Georgia comes to him, now, we can't play you, Georgia, in the first week because we're going to have at least five players suspended, so we're going to have to play Louisiana Lafayette mm-hmm. to make sure we since our at least one corner, one defensive lineman, uh, a wide receiver, and a running back are going to be out because you know no offensive linemen don't get suspended. Okay, uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna need to play a patsy so that way uh, you know we have to take yep. care of all of our off season suspensions in yep. the first week. By playing a garbage team. It's going to start happening. You know, seven months is a long yeah. time off. You're right. If, if there's so much happens during that seven month, teams are not. You're kidding about it, I think, but it's actually. Could no, no be. I am, but halfway. That, I'm just. Yes. I'm, I'm being serious, but joking about it. Yeah. So. It actually might happen, but uh, the suspensions across the board. Ohio State. I think Michigan's missing a couple. But Notre Dame starting running back, and would be potential starting quarterback Tommy Reese. Both going to be out. For unspecified, what? See, in the case of Sierra Wood, it's unspecified reason. Tommy Reese, we know why. But Tommy Reese was a DUI or something like that, or a party. Yeah, kid's a great kid, all American kid. You know, it was at a party, drank a little bit too much, and uh, the police came and, and he made a bad decision. He ran out of the pocket and scrambled. Not a good move. He, he would have been fine, I'm sure, if he didn't try to run away. You think so? And How about you, all the other people that ran away? Did they get the same treatment as Tommy Reese? Yeah, that's true. Probably they just, you know, don't get their name in the paper. And if you've seen Tommy Reese, by the way, he likes to stay in the pocket. Mobility is not his strength. So, but that's what alcohol will do. Eh? You know, you'll, you will, you'll do things you're not unaccustomed to doing. And he got out of the pocket and got sacked big time. He's going to miss a game and he lost his starting job. I think the new Notre Dame quarterback now is uh, Everett Golston, the sophomore. Yeah, and that's, uh, by the way, he's not from the tribe, Coach. No. No. No, definitely not. Mm-mm. Definitely not. By the way, I, I waxed poetic a bit on the point you had just made about uh, 
insulting other college teams by, you know, just publicizing the, uh, for example, you use the, the uh, Alabama Clemson game. And we were doing it's, a high school. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, Auburn, it's Clemson. Auburn Clemson. Yeah, Auburn. Don't, people, in, uh, people in Alabama right now are about yeah. to crap themselves when you just confuse the two yeah, schools. Yeah, they, they probably were even before I said that. Uh, <laughs> 888-463-6748, the phone number, by the way, if you want to check in. If you're from Alabama, feel free to uh, call them. We'll put you to the front of the line. They're um, taking on Michigan this weekend, too. Really? In at the Jerry Jones Stadium in Dallas. Saturday? Alabama and Michigan to open the yeah. collegiate football season. That's the way to kick Woo! off the freaking season right wow. there. So, like, you know, uh, that's, uh, you know, Alabama coming off of the 42. Go ahead. I mean, that's, I, I do applaud these teams. I'm not ripping those teams for those games. I'm just, I'm glad they're playing somebody the first week. I just, well, mm-hmm. I just laugh at ESPN Boy. how they assume that when they play a football game, that's when the season yeah. is kicked off. Yeah. That's almost, that's almost too good. It's almost too good for an you, you need an Alabama-Michigan game. You need them almost to play like two or three games so you can build up the appetite for that, baby. That's like that's like serving the steak medium rare, the filet mignon right at the beginning of the meal. Wow. I, I'm going to have to disagree. Two weeks from now, there's going to be a game on the map that is just freaking incredible. I'm so glad that there are teams kicking off the college football season with real football games for a change. Mm-hmm. So... Guarantee next week there's going to be great games. We have that. The first week of the college football season has been perennially. Well, I, I know it's Georgia Southern versus Georgia, but at least it's football. You know what I'm saying, Coach? That's what we normally get the first week of the season. So that's kind of. It's, I think it's great that uh, that Alabama's uh, actually willing to put their national championship, you know, undefeated or not undefeated. They mm-hmm. lost to LSU last year on the line versus a team like Michigan, and Michigan has enough guts to play Alabama. And by the way, the only chance Alabama has a chance of losing is in the first game to Michigan because if Nick Saban has a game plan, I would say not too many teams are going to beat them. Probably be uh, Mike Maroth and Brent Musburger bringing it to you live. You are looking at Jerry Jones Stadium in Dallas, Texas, as we open up the collegiate football season. What's that guy's name? It's not Mike Maroth. That's the Detroit Tiger pitcher. But the dude who uh, does the Notre Dame games, too, who joined Brent for some of the big games. I like him a lot. Pat Hayden? No, no, no. You like you like him too. Vernon Luckwitz? No, well, stop it. He's the guy who did the note. <laughs> oh, 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 I love the guy. Yeah, uh, it Mike sounds Mayock. like it's like it's not quite Mike Maroth, but it's it's, it's close. Mike to Mayock. That. Thank you. He's phenomenal. Yes, He's, he is. That guy is the best. Yep. Color analyst in football. Yep. Like him a lot, but uh, but the, but the point I was trying to make in the high school game, and it it. it Goes to your position with ESPN. There was a kid in our game, and the score was thirty-one to nothing in the fourth quarter. So I got a little spare time to uh, wax poetic. I hadn't waxed poetic in eight months, and you know me, I like to wax. And if it's poetic, that makes it even that much better. The kid's name, by the way, an offensive lineman going to Toledo, Boston Matthews. Is that a great O lineman name? Well, especially if he's related to Clay and Bruce Matthews, no. because he's going to the NFL. Unfortunately, not that good. But Boston Matthews. Uh, committed to Toledo, apparently in the off season, he committed to Toledo at the end of his junior year. He got bigger, he got stronger, there was some video out there. All of a sudden, all the Big Ten coaches and uh, bigger schools are starting to recruit the guy. And people are telling him, you know, you should go to a bigger school, you should go to a better school, you know, don't settle, blah, blah, blah. And I made the point in the broadcast, that bothers me. Because that is an insult, big dog, and I think you'll be with me here, to the MAC conference, to a Toledo. And I, you know, I'm a longtime Big Ten guy. But, you know, the MAC conference, if it's below the Big Ten, it's not that 
far below. It is quality Division One football, and there's plenty of MAC teams that can compete and beat Big Ten teams. So it bothers me when you know, oh, don't settle for that. You know, you can you can play for a bigger or higher school. You know, bunk. Toledo is quality football in the MAC conference. You know what? Uh, yes, you do get better football in the Big Ten. But what, who are these people? These people that are saying that to him in other situations be the first one to say. You made a decision and stick by it. You got to be a man, depending on the circumstances. You know what I'm saying, Coach? The kid made a decision. He said he's going to go to Toledo. He knew that if you know maybe down the line he could get better, maybe another school. But to be safe, he signs the letter of intent mm-hmm. with with University of Toledo. Guess what? You're a rocket. Well, but and, how and much? If, if, I was his, if I was his mother and father, I'd be like, you made your decision. Remember that. There's things in life when when you have a decision to make and you have to look at it long term. Mm-hmm. Well, coach, he's not going to go to Toledo. All right, you're taking a different angle than me. I mean, I agree with you. that That's a different angle. The commitment angle, I'm with you on that. But the angle I was taking is I don't think the uh, MAC Conference and the Big Ten are that much different. If Toledo were to play Indiana, that's a pretty even game. Yeah, it is. It is, Coach. But, how about uh, Toledo it, against Iowa? And matter of fact, nor- how about Northern Illinois University in Iowa? They're playing at Soldier Field in a couple of weeks. That's... Fairly even game. Iowa, it will be a 10-point favorite. That's really not that even of a game. I, I do agree that it's not it's not that lower of a level. But okay. there, uh, I, I, he should stay there. Okay, well, you want to – the MAC is definitely below the Big Ten. You can't, you can't deny that, Coach. If The best way I can tell you is when, the, when someone in the Big Ten beats someone in the MAC, they beat them like 85% of the time the winning percentage is. So it's a little <laughs> bit greater than you might think. Mm-hmm. The, the difference. Uh, but the, the way I look at it is if you're a parent and you're like, okay, you decided to go there, you can still have an incredible football career at the University of Toledo. Just, just You don't have to play at a Big Ten school in order to have a great football yeah. career. And you can go to the NFL, too. Plenty of MAC players in the NFL. Uh, absolutely. There's a bunch of uh, NFL players in the MAC. Yep. I mean, the MAC players from the NFL, there's a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And, and quite honestly, if the kid wants to, you know what, you graduate in four years, you could play for four years at a max school and get in the NFL. You go to a Big Ten school, they're going to redshirt you. You're going to sit out for a year or two, and then by, you know, three, three years later, you have two years. Out. So I, I, it's sometimes it's just better. You decided to go to, to Toledo, don't change. that. You'll start messing with karma if you change up. You'll get a knee injury, something bad will happen. Stick with your first decision. Never mess with karma. The last guy to mess with karma is now resting comfortably in Illinois Masonic Hospital. Big going and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Producer extraordinaire, other side of the glass, David Olson, who's a little bit uh, perflunked today, Big Dog, because his favorite show, Breaking Bad, winding to a conclusion, apparently had some uh, unacceptable parts of the show. And we can't get into it because I'm an addict along with him, and I haven't seen the most recent segment. But David is definitely... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not perplexed. Kerf, there's a there's a word I'm looking for here. He's uh, not kerflunked, but he's bothered. He's upset. He's off his game today. So give him a break, Big Doug, if we don't get the usual uh, outstanding performance it, from David Olson. It, is it because uh, he didn't like something that happened on the show? Unfortunately, I don't know. Well, yes would be the answer. But I, well, I can't get into the specifics because I don't want to ruin it for me because I'm probably going to watch it tonight. 
You, you know, Coach, it's funny that you said that because uh, <laughs> some of the great shows that are on nowadays, Breaking Bad is one. Yep. Uh, Dexter, a couple of years ago, was one of those shows. that Home, Homeland, I hear, is very oh, good. Dexter's horrible now, by the way. Horrible, yeah, horrible, horrible, horrible. Oh, it's so de- it's the- so depressing. Yeah. Ever since they brought was... Will Ferrell into it, that ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so depressing because it was such a great show, and oh, it's just terrible now. You know, that it's funny you said that because... The first four seasons were, fun. like, I watched the first episode of Dexter, my mouth dropped, and then I watched the next, the whole, all four seasons, because that's when I caught up to it. That's when, right when I started watching it. And then I get to the, the last episode of the fourth show, and it's the most grotesque, worst thing I've ever seen on television. My mouth dropped. And now we're in the fifth season, and it sucks. So I don't, does it start getting bad right after they killed Rita? Because season five has been horrible, and I don't want to watch it. There's been another season. They just finished season six, and season seven's coming in a few weeks. Okay. So but I'm like I'm like three quarters of the way through season five, and no, it was like I even had problems with season four, where they where they killed Rita. I mean, I, old, yeah, I I had that. real problems with that season. I thought the wheels were off the wagon, and now in like this, yeah, season five has just been awful, awful, yeah, awful. It has, awful. I totally agree season five is horrible. And I'm like, I've just wasted uh, eight hours of my life watching these mm-hmm. last eight episodes. I so, can think yeah. of another series that that happened to, too. One, I never watched Dexter, but Lost. Lost was awesome. First couple of years, and then seasons three, four, five, six just got more bizarre, more bizarre, and to me, almost got unwatchable. Yeah, it's, uh, I've never watched that show. I, I haven't watched much television programs. I think Dexter is like, the only TV show I've watched in the last like six years, guys. That's pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. If that's good, maybe. Good thing. <laughs> as long as you're not watching Dancing with the Stars, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Nobody By the way, uh, locally, talking a little college football, Big Dog, our Illinois team, your Illinois team, plays Western Michigan, the Fighting Bronco opening game, Northwestern at Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. I think I read... Syracuse is good, Coach. I know they are. And they got their quarterback who threw for a whole bunch of yards last year. It's going to be a good test. But someone said the Carrier Dome is named after a heating and air conditioning firm, yet there's no air conditioning in the Carrier Dome. <laughs> Which said that? Huh? Who said the Carrier Dome is named after a, a, an air conditioning company? The Carrier Air Conditioning Company. That's what I thought I read, and I don't think it was being wrote, written in jest. But that's and, been known as the Carrier Dome forever, though. Well, maybe is Carrier a heating and air conditioning company? And if so, how do you build a dome that, when it's really hot, does not have the ability to be air conditioned? Maybe that was in jest. Yeah, that's almost yeah, too good I, to be true. You got to come with a little bit more information for yeah. us on that one, because right, that's, we'll, that, that's we'll see. We'll see if we can weird. get that. By the way, another uh, note, and I believe this one is serious. Maybe they're kidding there too. But at Penn State, apparently they have told the band. One of the songs that they regularly play would be uh, Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond? You no, know, it's not the band. They would just play the music over the internet. Oh, okay, so you heard the same thing. Yeah, it's true. And they're getting rid of that you know song, why? primarily because of what line, Big Dope? Uh Touching me, touching you. Yeah. Not good. I not wonder good. if they played it. Yeah, I, you know, I actually, when, I, when Wisconsin went there last year... Mm-hmm. They didn't do anything during that game. It was basically the most morbid, somber football game ever played in the history of college football. Basically, it was 110,000 people sitting on their hands. I don't think mm-hmm. they played it that game either. 
or uh, they probably had to redo every single thing in their football program to make sure they don't do anything insensitive. Seriously, mm-hmm. I mean, every, nobody else has to worry about it. But like, if you put play is a the song quarterback has, is the do they have to go shotgun? Is the quarterback allowed to go directly under center for, for at least like the next five to ten years <laughs> until people can get over this thing? Coach. Yeah. Oh goodness! By the way, I'll be rooting for Penn State now. Because I think, as we've talked about before, and I don't want to get in the whole argument, but they got a raw deal, in my opinion. So I will uh, personally be rooting for Penn State each and every week this season. They got a horribly raw deal. Yep. Those kids had nothing to do with the diabolical Jerry Sandusky, that scumbag. They had nothing to do with him. To punish them when a blind eye was turned for years to that situation is disgusting. Mm-hmm. The people that turned the blind eye have been fired from Penn State. Yep. You find the football program $60 million, that was enough, and not let these kids go to the bowl game. Even if they, Why don't they let them go to a bowl game, and then they take the money from the bowl game, and they give that money to some more uh, like charitable foundations? I love the that. The idea that these kids are getting screwed makes no yep. sense to me. Yep. Okay, should the football program pay a penalty? Yes. Everyone needs to realize that every single level NCAA and AIA high school that if something like this is even suspected, you have to take action and do something about it. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, this $60 million fine and blah, 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 all this says, yeah, that's what you have to do. But to punish the people that had nothing to do with it is moronic. I'm so sick of everybody. To, we just need retribution. So those kids that had nothing to do with it, let's make them pay, and that'll make up for everything. Mm-hmm. And they've made up for nothing. nothing. Completely, completely agree with you. You stumbled on one hell of an idea, Big Dog. Because imagine if they would have gone this route, a drastic route. But if they would have gone the route that, yes, Penn State can play in a bowl game this year, but if they make the bowl game, that money will not go to the university. That money will go to abused kids. Can you imagine how the Penn State football games would be, the the, the nation would be rooting for Penn State? Yes, you're right. It would have have had a totally different effect. And think about how it would have affected the players. It becomes then a learning experience for them. A real motivational experience would have been such a better lesson to be learned in all ways it shapes and forms. It's a phenomenal idea. I may forward it to my, my good friend Cyrus Vance. Yeah, it's a, it's a little too late. And to all the oh, that's right, Cyrus players, Vance died. Yeah, I, I, I do know the University late. of Illinois has come in and just pilfered Penn State. But to all the Penn State players that stayed, I wish nothing but the best for those yep. kids because they had the ability to jump ship. And they're able to say, no, I came to Penn State for a reason. It had nothing to do with Jerry Sandusky nor the scandal. I'm staying here to get my education and remain mm-hmm. with my teammates. To those kids, they deserve to go to bowl games. Yep. You know, to the Silas Reds, all those kids that transferred to my school, Illinois, I'm a little fishy on you, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I can't blame them that much. I blame the NCAA no, 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 more. But... I don't blame them, but I, how about you give a major thumbs up to the kids that didn't Yes, yet? I like that, that better. Yep. Okay. Yep. No question about it. Dog and a coach right up until 11 o'clock. I guarantee you, Big Dog, if we get better offers or, uh, you know, we are tempted to go elsewhere, possibly suspensions causing, uh, you know, the temptation to move elsewhere, we will stay dedicated. Our allegiance to the TalkZone.com, absolutely, at least until the end of September. <laughs> phone lines open. You want to talk some football with us? we got a football Friday coming up this Friday. Very excited about the upcoming season. Still got a lot of baseball action to talk about, Big Doug. I want to do a mini baseball roundup, wrap them up. But while we're on the football note, uh, I put in my notes today. One thing I have not talked to you about, I'd love to get your opinion. I don't even think we brought it up. 
and that is at the uh, National Football League level, the referees, the officials strike, and how that's playing out and how you feel the um, substitute referees are doing thus far. Um, I, I really can't. I can't really talk too much about that because the only football that I've watched this year is the first half of the first two Chicago Bear games. I didn't even get to see anything in game three, not because I didn't want to. It's just that, heck, I, I was working and there was a body in the river at that point. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, uh, the, the way, the way I look at it is this, the first weekend of football, they, ESPN, the, I mean, literally, I think this might be the last time I watched ESPN. Uh, they did a like a, a five minute segment, maybe less than that, about three minute segment of all the mistakes that the referees made in the first preseason game. And I thought it was really unfair, even though some of them were freaking hysterical. Okay, uh, coach, I am totally one hundred percent on the side of the NFL on this. If you want to be a professional referee in the NFL, then you have to do it full time. Okay. That's all they're asking of these guys. They're even willing to give them the pay. They're like, okay, you guys want a pay increase? You want all this stuff? We'll give it to you. You have to quit your regular job, and we expect you to work doing these things during the week, preparing for the teams you're going to play. And they said no. Remember that. That's So I am on the NFL side on this. Right, these I'm... guys get paid $180,000. They get paid $10,000 a weekend to be flown out and, and referee a game, and they're not willing to put in the work before the week. Here's where I will dis I'll disagree with you, and, and I don't know all the details of the strike, so I'm not going to disagree with you on whose side I'm on. Typically, on strike side, I'm on the owner's side because the you know players or referees are asking for too much money and they get too much money already. But I will disagree with you. This I think if you make them full time for one, so your entire full time job is based on three hours every week. One game a week, I think, Big Dog, that is too much time. Sitting around, analyzing, thinking, I think you're going to have paralysis through analysis, and I think you'll get worse officiating. I'd rather have the guys at least have regular jobs, and you know, and they, they put time in. But I, I just think a whole week, an entire week for one game, too much, and I think they'll make more mistakes. You might have a point there, Coach. The NFL doesn't think so. But I can thoroughly understand what you're getting at. I, personally, as a referee, I would rather be prepared than just show up on game day and be like, "Hey, who are the Eagles playing today? Oh, they're playing the Saints." Well, That's right. no, they, they. I think they on Monday they have to go to review session. I'm not that sure if it's done via Skype or in person. And I know I'm they sure have meetings Skype. before, so it's during the football season. It's a full time, part time job. They don't just show up and all of a sudden, uh, you know, who's playing today? One hour before the game. But uh, we'll see. What, what is your expectation? Um, opening day, games two, three, or could this extend into the meat and potatoes of the season? Uh, my expectation is that uh, as a Bears fan, I have a feeling that uh, the worst officials will be put in the Colts-Bears game and somehow the Colts end up beating the Bears 18-17 to on nine safeties because of bad officiating. <laughs> <laughs> My expectation. Yeah. Now, I, I, the two halves that you watched, Sands, the ESPN highlight thing, did you notice, were you paying attention to the refs, and could you tell a difference? During the Bears game, absolutely not. You couldn't, okay. No, okay. But the, the highlights were such 
horribly bad mistakes. Coach, I think the funniest thing that I've, I saw during all of the – this is just week one, so I don't even know what's happened since then. But week one, the Cowboys come up to the line of scrimmage. And Tony Romo walks up to the referee and whispers in his ear, okay? The referee then ran over, picked the ball up, and moved it five yards in and put it on the hash. The, the referee didn't – when the play was done – just put the ball down. He didn't put it on the hash mark. Mm-hmm. You know, do you understand? Well, you know, I'm trying to explain everybody that might not know. If you're outside the hash, when the, you have to bring the football back to one of the hash marks. Yep. The referee didn't do that. And it was Romo when he came up. and he, It was just funny, Coach, because the, the referee was like, oh, yeah, you're right. He ran up, picked the ball up, and just moved mm-hmm. it, and then whistled, and, and, like, nothing happened. Without a doubt, that was one of the funniest things I've ever freaking seen on a football field, <laughs> Coach. I don't know if I described it well enough. But to see a player be like, hey, Mr. Official, you didn't put – and try not to embarrass him by right, whispering was in his ear. Classy was- by Tony Romo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll hey, buddy, you, you really messed up here. The ball doesn't go there. Yeah. Apparently there was I, – I didn't see it. I don't even know what the play was. But there was a play in the last weekend of uh, exhibition football this past week where uh, a, a bad call did decide a game. And, of course, in this case, it was only exhibition football, but people are starting to say, uh-oh, if that happens in the regular season, then we could have some issues. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Now, the, the guys that are filling in, do we have some backgrounds? I mean, are they college officials, ex-college officials, high sir, school guys? Sir, Where? They're all – they're not college. Because if you're an NCAA guy, if you if you bail to go there, the NCAA said, we don't want you back. Okay. So these are people that can't get NCAA jobs. Interesting. I'm getting that coach. These aren't yeah. even NCAA officials. Interesting. How about retired? And the retired NFL refs yeah, wouldn't do it. If it's a retired NFL ref, then the rest of the uh, right. refs are going to be awful upset. Right. Very, right. You know what I'm saying? That, yep. That's not them either, coach. Interesting. Interesting. All right. If we have any uh, officials, referees out there, uh, you want to throw some input in? We'd love to hear from you. We're all about the black and white stripe. Both me and the big dog have. Uh, Don the referee officiating uniform at various times of our life, particularly recently. 888-463-6748, our phone number. You can always email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C, as in microphone, and the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. Real quick, before we get into baseball, Big Dog Republican National Convention kicking off to, well, it kicked off yesterday. They didn't have much of a program because of the impending Hurricane Isaac and David Olson, as I tuned in yesterday to watch just some of the opening stuff, it, what did I write down? TMWP. Too many white people. Can they not find any African Americans or anybody besides old white people that show up to the Republican National Convention? They've got uh, Alan Davis, I think. Yeah, the I know there's, I know there's exceptions, but my point is it's unbelievably white. Well, if you're black now and don't vote for Barack Obama, other black people will call you, like, Uncle Tom and stuff. Which is so ridiculous, too. Yeah, isn't it ridiculous? If you're you're not black and you don't vote for, if you're black and don't vote for Barack Obama, all of a sudden you're hated by other black people. Yeah. So that's, it is bad. You know, and I kept hearing, and I I got this angle, too. I kept hearing about, you know, Mitt Romney and all the, you know, what he's done with his taxes and, you know, investing or putting in the banks over the Cayman Islands and, all the tax hidings and stuff. And, and my thought, what bothers me, is not so much that people in his position do that, or in his case that he did that. But what bothers me is he doesn't see that there's anything wrong with it and that maybe we need to change. 
that particular policy. So I don't care if he did it or not, but the indifference to the tax loopholes, that's what bothers me, if that makes any sense at all. I would like to see a little bit more sympathy. You know, and again, it's not like... It, it would be a politician. He'd be phony. If he was like, come on, Coach, any type of sympathy or or whatever, these guys are well, actors, okay? Let's Please quit trying to act like, oh, these guys are good guys or bad guys. They're all actors trying to get over on us, okay? That's all they're trying to do. I'm not totally to sure. No, I would disagree with that. You said that's all they're trying to do? I think to, uh, you know, somewhat... It's never substance. It's all fake. Everything. None of these guys have substance. I can't agree with that. Is there an element to that? Yeah, but I also think there's a solid element in both, in this case, just to use examples, Mitt Romney and Barack Obama, that are uh, very altruistic and very well-meaning. So do they get led astray? Absolutely. Can politics, you know, lead you down some brutal paths? Absolutely. But I... You, you, the words you said was all and everything, and no, I don't. I don't think it's that extreme. Personally, thank you. Very I, much. I, I don't want to get in the whole political argument right now mm-hmm. today. There's all a right. lot of football that we can talk about. All right, but we are watching the Republican uh, National Convention. Sports guys talk politics. Always willing to take questions on that. And if there is an African American, a Latino, a uh, woman under the age of thirty, or someone of the uh, Asian dissent, or any minority who wants to show up in Tampa, Florida, the Republican National Convention badly could use you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's too bad. I, 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 like, if I say this stuff, I'll end up looking racist. But you know what? It's sometimes, uh, I'm just going to leave it alone. I'm, just, I'm not even going to say anything. Okay. All right. Let's talk White Sox. Let's talk White Sox. Go, go. By the way, I've got tickets September 27th, Big Dog. I might have a ticky-ticky for you. Oh, and by the way, uh, I think you and me are both going to don the golf bag and the golf club, and um, God forbid they actually give us a golf cart because there will be some imbibing going on. Uh, September 13th, is that correct? Oh, I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking. I have a, I have a tour September 13th to do afterwards, so I won't be drinking. Uh, i got to figure out how to, you can get me out there and get me back. I have to be back in the, the city by 5 o'clock oof. that day. Oof. That's not good. I have a tour that night. That's not good. You're going to miss the complimentary dinner. The buffet. I know. I, I love going there. Everybody says such nice things about me at the complimentary dinner. It's yeah. phenomenal. It's not often and you go to a, you know, shoes, you know. This is one of the rare occasions, Big Dog, at least up till now, where the people actually enjoy you. I love complimentary dinners. <laughs> I, love you. I love the way you took the fork to your mouth. The way yeah. you cut your meat was beautiful. <laughs> like a bunch of compliments. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, hopefully we'll be on the golf course together out in Elgin. And uh, I, I don't know about you. I haven't played all summer. Have you picked up a club? I, I have. I, I, golf is like the worst sport ever. I don't, I don't like playing golf. <laughs> I'm Boy, going out to see Richie's a nice guy. Let's, there's, be, let's be honest with you. There's going to be two people that are put with us that are really going to regret the foursome that they're put in. Oh, no, especially when I leave after like hole 11. Yes. Well, the Gotta fact that you're not drinking. To get back uh, to the train station. I don't really know how I'm getting there, to be honest with you. So yeah. I, maybe I should not have agreed to go. Yeah, well, we, we will talk logistics uh, post-show. But at any rate, um, we got that coming up. And, and how did I get into that? I started to say, what are we doing later on? And Oh, oh that I got White Sox tickets for September 27th given to me. Also complimentary White Sox tickets. So it's a complimentary evening, Big Dog. 
Well, the White Sox game starts at 7.05 on that Thursday night, which okay. means that I can't go to that either. Uh, I was ready to you know, give you lots of compliments. All right. A complimentary White Sox game? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they weren't so complimentary yesterday. Baltimore beat them 4-3. Actually, a pretty good baseball game. Uh, Gordon Beckham had, uh, what, runner on second, final out of the game, and they got him to ground out to shortstop, broke a six-game winning streak. And while we're excited about the White Sox, Big Dog, the Baltimore Orioles have been quite a story this season as they're right in the hunt, I think tied for the wild card lead. Pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, it's hard to figure out how they do those particular wild card rankings, Coach. Uh, unless, yeah, well, the Rays did lose, so they, they might be tied up there, but... The Orioles look like they're going to make the playoffs. The only thing is who's going to be their number one starter in that playoff game if they can make it because that's, that's going to be a big issue for the Orioles because if they're playing the Tampa Bay Rays and they can throw David Price out there, mm-hmm. the Rays have a serious, serious advantage over anybody the Orioles can throw out there. It's kind of fun to... You Let's know, see, wild card standings in the America. Oh, we're forgetting one team. In the, well, we're forgetting a couple teams, but the Oakland is. The Very quietly. Oakland and Baltimore are tied. Tampa Bay a halfback and Detroit a game back. So it's a great four-team race for two spots. Yeah, and the A's are the hottest team in baseball right now. I mean, they are just destroying them. Jonas Espedes, the kid from Cuba the last like month, has just been dynamic. Yep. And uh, Josh Reich has hit the ball all season long. There's Joe Rudy playing very well. And and they've been able to bounce back from Bartolo Colon's uh, suspension. You would think mm-hmm. they take him out of the out of the rotation, they'd be in trouble, but it hasn't at all. They they've been really good coach. Gene Tennis at catcher is a spark the team. The leadership of Charles Finley, their owner, and uh, Dick Green over at shortstop. They're playing extremely well, and of course you got the home run threat Reggie Jackson out in right field. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, Tampa Bay, yeah, half game back. And when I say Detroit, it's really a package deal. It's Detroit and the White Sox because whoever loses out in that quality battle is going to be a wild card contender, no question about it. Uh, Anaheim, the Angels, four and a half back for about a, a month, big dog. I kept thinking, you know, my guy Mike Sosha, I'm a big believer in him, the Angels. I thought they were going to get on a run. But the more you follow them, the more you watch them, I, this season, they just seem flat. You know what? I, I, they just spent too much money in the off season. You know, they bought a bunch of people. So here's we had great expectations, and uh, you you would think all the youth players that they had, they wouldn't have to spend all that money. And if you think right now, Mike Trout, the season he's had, you get a team that good at the beginning of the year, and then you add Mike Trout to it, and he's been yep. a million times better than anybody could have ever dreamed of. You would think that the Angels would be all right because they haven't had a lot of major injuries in their pitching staff. I mean, mm-hmm. they've been healthy. Weaver and Santana and all these guys have been healthy. They add C.J. Wilson, and, you know, he goes from Texas to, to Anaheim. You think he'd be better off. He's worse. Strange, strange season this year for the Angels, Coach, and none of us could have thought this coming. Hmm. You know, I'm looking at the um, statistics here. Mike Trout, is it possible he is leading the American League in strikeouts as well? Guys no, got ninety. There's a player called Adam Dunn. Huh? There's a player called Adam Dunn. Oh yeah, why? Yeah. Oh, and rookies, rookies, rookies. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. He's yeah, leading he the rookies with 99 strikeouts. He's leading in batting average 337. Runs batted in with 72 and homers with 24. So uh, he's going to win the rookie triple crown. No question about that. But you're right. Uh, yeah. How do you, how are you flat? 
when you have a 20-year-old kid come up like that and become an absolute sensation. Yeah, the, the fastest player since Mickey Mantle in baseball. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's phenomenal. The guy's, the guy's legit, Coach. Mm-hmm. Over in the uh, National League, taking a quick look at the wild card hunt, we are about one month away from uh, the conclusion of this fine season. The Atlanta Braves, St. Louis Cardinals, they beat Pittsburgh yesterday, Big Dog. I don't know if you were on the air yesterday, but I made the point to don't sleep on the Cardinals. They're doing it again quietly. They're back in the hunt. They're tied with Atlanta. Dodgers, couple games back. Pittsburgh, three back. So it's a four-team race there for two spots. Yeah, and uh, the Reds are just quietly having a really strong season. Don't forget, Joey Votto hasn't played like in a month. Mm-hmm. When he went down, I'm like, oh, the Reds are about to about to have the, the, the stuff at the fan. And it hasn't happened. They've played really good baseball since Votto I'm, got hurt. I'm feeling a trap door. I'm feeling a trap door. For the, the lead is down to five and a half games. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's just force of habit, but I'm, I'm feeling a St. Louis Cardinal run and all of a Cincinnati Reds uh, – Win one, lose three, win one, lose two, win one, lose three. I'm, I'm predicting right now, and this will go along with my prediction that Khalil Bell will be the surprise player for the Chicago Bears. The St. Louis Cardinals in the last month of the season will overtake Dusty Baker and the Cincinnati Red. Coach, that's, that's not a bad prediction. Could happen. Uh, it seems like every year the, the Cardinals, that's how they win. They, did, they won a yep. World Series in 06 and 11 by playing baseball exactly like that. Yep. Sneaking into the playoffs, and next thing you know, they win three series, yeah. and it's over. And again, they, they consistently lose players, and of course they got a new manager now. It's not just the Tony La Russa, Dave Duncan, Magic, Mike Matheny. A disciple thereof is, is, is producing the same result, but they lose Pujols. They lose Chris Carpenter. He's, he's still out, right? Yeah, I don't think he's pitching a long right. time. Yeah, Your number one pitcher, so and a, f- a couple of other injuries, but two superstars, and, you know, they're right back in the hunt. Got a system, got a program down in St. Louis. Well, they do play good baseball down there, Coach. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Let's hope the Cubs get that same thing going. By the way, speaking of the Cubs, score yesterday, Big Dog, 15-4. to I think it was a close game. But then the Brewers got, what, nine runs in the eighth inning? Uh, the ninth inning. Ninth inning. Eight runs in the ninth. Woo. And no longer close after that. Ouch. You know, Ouch. I was... I had to go to uh, to the airport yesterday to pick up Lily the Lilac's sister from Miami, who mm-hmm. was dealing with Hurricane Ike. And uh, I mean, we get in the car, we start driving out there, and it was the top of the ninth. And I swear, it was by the time I got to our airport, it was they'd only scored like five runs. Wow. The inning was still going. I was like, this is unbelievable. I would have watched it, but I was taking down some old fencing in the back. It didn't even need to be take down, but it was either watch the Cubs or take down some old fencing, and it was a nice day outside. So. Uh, I missed that particular end of the game. But other baseball news real quick. we got to mention Seattle. They beat Minnesota one to nothing. Felix Hernandez with a five-hitter, Big Dog, coming off the perfect game. He has now won nine consecutive starts. Pretty impressive for young Felix. Yeah, forget nine decisions, nine consecutive starts. That's what's impressive. And he was four and five when it started, Coach. Yep. He's 13 and five right now. And I remember people being like, oh, did Felix Hernandez, he got kind of paid in the offseason. Oh, did he? He always is a second-half pitcher. And if people don't want him in Seattle, he can always pitch for the Chicago Cubs. I'd be more than happy <laughs> to have him here. That kid is incredible. They beat Minnesota one nothing. Kyle Loesch, by the way, also uh, I think won his eighth consecutive start in that aforementioned St. Louis victory. So he's pitching quite well. A couple of red-hot pitchers right there. But uh, we'll keep an eye. What, one month ago? Remember, seemed like just yesterday, dog, we were making our – 
opening season predictions and a March 31st, but here we are, end of August, one month ago, stretch run in Major League Baseball. Time flies when you're having a semi-good time. And it looks like the only thing I really wanted to happen this year is not going to happen. The Cubs aren't going to lose 100 games, I don't think. Yeah, I haven't I haven't analyzed that in a while. What, what are they in projections for if they... 98. Oof, that's close. It's getting close, Coach. Yeah, they, they lose like five or six games in a row. They're going to be back on pace to lose 100. And then Could I'm going to be, be freaking kind of, out. Kind of cool if they're home in their last game and they got 99 losses. It could be kind of a raucous crowd. Some probably rooting for 100, some rooting not to get it, but that might make for an interesting game. Anybody who's rooting for the Cubs to lose 100 games is wearing white and black. They're White Sox fans. But it would be typical because you figure on that day of the season, the Sox would be at home too, like this past Sunday, and the the Cubs drew 10,800 more than the White Sox did in a year where they're on pace to lose 98 games and the White Sox are on pace to go to the playoffs Mm -hmm. in August on a Sunday. Can you imagine that? Isn't that horrible? Sox fans, get out there. How the heck can you have 25,000 fans on a beautiful Sunday afternoon? Well, I guess it wasn't that beautiful. But the the point is, come on, get out and support your team. They're going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. My goodness. I don't I don't get that at all, Coach, how uh, you can have a good team in the city and people don't go to the baseball game. Yeah, I, I see that to some extent. The other part of me says, uh, you know, I'm a glass-half-full guy. You know what? 20,000 people. 20,000 people took time out of their busy summer schedules to go to the White Sox game. Yeah, and 36,000 took time out to go to the the, the rig the field game when the Cubs were playing the Colorado Rockies, mind it was, you. It was a chance to see the development of a Darwin Barney. Dale Swain thinks he can be a 300-hitter coach. I saw that, and mm-hmm. I tend to agree with him. I, I like Darwin Barney. Keep him around. I do, too. I do, too. He can't be a star, but he can be a piece in a winning team. No question about it. Uh, hey, real quick, other stories in the news, little titillating tidbits, news and notes. Big dog and a coach every Monday through Friday here, 10 o'clock, sports and more. On the two guys at a Mike show, big dog, the U.S. Open tennis tournament. I'm all tennis out here. It seems like there's too many big tournaments, one after another. This year they threw the Olympics in it, too. But uh, uh, from Flushing Meadows, New York, we used to have the flushing sound. Uh, we've got the U.S. Open tennis tournament kicking off this week. I know your excitement level probably not tremendously high. Uh, if there's any major tournament in, in the sports world that nobody cares about, it's the U.S. Open, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's when, that's right when, like, right when baseball is yeah. getting great, football's kicking off. I, I, I have never watched, I have never watched a U.S. Open tennis match. And I'm going to be 40 during the middle of this uh, tournament. I wouldn't go. Never, ever. Not one time in my entire life have I watched a, a tennis match at the U.S. Open. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to go that far, but but I'm with you on your main point. The luster of that tournament has long since worn off, and part of it is the timing of when it happens. Football starting, yeah. baseball races, no question about it. Yeah, who uh, cares in America about freaking tennis when human, when millionaires are running into each other at full speed? <laughs> Is that tennis you're talking about? I know, I'm talking about football, oh. Coach. Ah. College football, that is. Okay. <laughs> millionaires, huh? Well, if it's Alabama versus Auburn, it's millionaires. <laughs> uh, now, this one hopefully will get you excited a little bit. We go to the sport of golf, and this is kind of sneaking up on us, Big Dog, but a month from now, a month from now, right here in the fine city of Chicago, I believe, is it Coghill? 
not sure. I don't know if it's Concacaf or not, but the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup is going to be right here in our hometown, my friend. Europe takes on the United States in a golf event that I think both of us uh, enjoy. And, and it just brings a different aspect to the game of golf, and it's going to be about 20 minutes from here. Yeah, David. It's at Medina. 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 Looking for Medina. Um, where's Medina? Uh, it's in Lyons, I believe. Where's Lyons? No, no, no. Medina is off of Lake Street, and um, and it's it's like by 355 and Lake Street. So whatever, it's not Elgin. It's south of Elgin. It's not Roselle. It's right over there. If you give me the community, I'll, I'll figure it out. But it's one of those. That's from Medina. It's right off of Lake Street and, and 355 or okay. Route 53. All right. Right in there. Roselle, I got uh, North Lake, Elmhurst. No, no, yeah, it's it's it's, it's northwest of, of Elmhurst, much northwest okay. of Elmhurst, All right, about cool. like six miles. Ah, right, well, we'll get the exact pinpoint. I can see, on I it. drive right there. I just don't know what town it is. Okay, but more importantly, it's kind of cool that we are hosting the Ryder Cup, a, a pretty big event, one that's gotten seems to be getting more and more notoriety uh, every two years when the event is held. It does. That, that's. Uh, it, it just cracks me up how like the Europeans were all mad for years because the, the the Americans celebrated too much, and then when the Europeans finally won, it, that somebody did a moonwalk in their <laughs> tennis shoes on the green. You know what I'm saying? It's like really, yeah. you you were complaining for decades when we just get your butt lost. Now you win, and now you act just like the Americans did. So <laughs> that cracks me up. Oh, uh, by the way, the coach of the team is one of my early man crushes. The uh, European oh, coach, right. I should say, Jose Marie Alessabo, coach of the team. Jose Maria, Alessandro, I apologize. Yep. Yeah. I was a longtime Jose Maria fan. Yes, David? Bloomingdale for the win. Ah. There you go. Bloomingdale. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah, it's right there. That's exactly, that's, that's right. All those cities were around it. So. Very cool. All right. 888-463-6748. The phone number. We'll keep an eye on that. Big Dog, you're a semi-long-time weather guy. Hurricane Isaac coming uh, west of Florida. It's not going to hit Florida real, real hard, but it is headed to the New Orleans, Mississippi area. Uh, your thoughts, any comments on that? Any predictions? You got any late updates maybe that our folks would be interested in? Uh, well, when the, when the buses are there for five days and nobody gets on them, is it going to be Barack Obama's fault when it hits New Orleans? Making a political statement here? Um, no, it won't be. Okay, yeah, you're, it won't be because... Uh, the media will make sure it is, and they'll say, well, he had the buses there for five days. Well, I don't know. I just well, People all know this. We were talking yesterday, a couple of my buddies. We were talking about how it's like it's dumb to have St. New Orleans built below sea level when it's next to the Gulf of Mexico. Well, the city of Chicago is built the same way. I don't know if anybody realizes this, but it's like below Lake Michigan. We are. And I didn't know this, but I was talking to somebody who works for the city of Chicago. The city of Chicago already has plans in stow to get everybody out of the city in certain situations if all that stuff breaks down and the city floods from Lake Michigan. Wow. And they say it's like a one in a 10,000 chance. But it's uh, like that it could ever happen, let alone like one in a trillion that it would happen tomorrow. Yet they have all this stuff like worked out. I, I, I hope they, the people in New Orleans have realized now that their possessions aren't worth anything if they die. And if another hurricane hits, get your ass out of Dodge. Okay, seriously, I hope they have learned from the, the previous disaster mm-hmm. seven years ago. Right. You, how come they keep, I was watching CNN and they brought up, the, they're like, oh, on the seven year anniversary, they kept bringing it up. When people were stranded, when President Bush left, I'm like, seriously, is this how, was this what really happened? Or is it, it's like, it's funny, I made a political statement that you said, but 
we have like TV channels making political statements about the situation. So mm-hmm. I, I, this, it, it's just funny that this comes up right during the Republican National Convention. Mm-hmm. Wow. A, a hurricane right through New Orleans that is also affecting the, <laughs> the Republican National Convention. Yeah. But they, they had to realize that to some extent when you plan the convention in Tampa, Florida, seven isn't years from stupid? Yeah, isn't during really... during hurricane season. Yeah, yeah actually, it's early. You don't, okay, there's certain things you don't do. You you know, in, in late September, you don't have golf outings in Chicago normally. I'm sorry, Ryder Cup, but that's, you know, you're iffy on that one. In early October, late September, you don't have political conventions in August in hurricane season, like in the Gulf of Mexico at all. Okay, that's just yep. dumb. You want to have a, a, a convention in, in Tampa, you know, have it from March to July. Okay, you can still get them there, I guess. You can still get hurricanes at that time of year, yeah. but it's a lot nicer. You don't spit in the wind. You don't uh, eat yellow snow and never invest in railroads. Just to why throw. not invest? Oh, why not invest in railroads? I don't know. I don't have time to get into it. All right, Dahl, we got to get out of here uh, tomorrow. We're back at it again. Uh, the football fever. We got into it today a little bit, but the uh, temperatures are rising, my friend. Football Friday coming up. We're going to make our predictions, and uh, Thursday's show we'll do a little college football preview. How about that? Yeah, and I got like eight tours a day for the next week, so it's going to be a rough week for me. Coach. How's that? Do you got any uh, kind of tape machine working? Well, I can't put tape on my throat. That'll end the string limit. Good point. Good point. All right, Dawg, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace out, everyone. Thank you very much. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. 10 o'clock tomorrow, we do it all over again for the two guys at a mic show. Big Dog, myself, producer extraordinaire David Olson, and the rest of the interns here. Actually, there are no interns here. Have a great day, everybody.